Welcome to the Jesus Movement Podcast, presented by Awaken the Dawn. We host conversations so you can hear stories from across the movement, receive fresh biblical insights, and gain practical tools to experience more of Jesus's presence in your life, ministry, and city, because we believe Jesus changes everything. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Matthew Lilly, and I'm here with two special guests. We've got Tori Marcel Harper from New York City with us and ATD's own Ronette Cooper as well. We're going to be talking all about prophecy, hearing the voice of God today. And so you're going to want to definitely tune into this entire episode. We believe God wants to speak to you and that he wants to speak through you. And this is going to be so encouraging. We're going to share stories. We're going to make it simple and practical. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to encounter you uh, today as you listen to and watch this podcast episode. Uh, So I hope you're ready. Get ready and tune in. Pay attention. God is going to meet you today. So first of all, Ronette, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's such a blessing to be here with you guys. And I'm excited to just share what the Lord's imparted to me, but also just to be a part of this and uh, to be here with you, Matthew and Tori. Like, you guys are just heroes in the faith and in this generation. And so I just, I'm excited to be here. Ronette, you are on Awaken the Dawn staff. You've been a part of the community there in Fredericksburg, Virginia, at the ATD base, which is now Revive Church Prayer Room School. And I know you've been uh, connected there for years and years, helping lead internships, training people in spiritual gifts, pastoring young people, spent some time overseas and are back again. So anything else as far as introductions you'd like to make um, just about who you are? No, you summed it up very well, very concise manner. And so, yeah, I love Jesus. I love people. And uh, yeah, that's who I am. (laughs) Just keep (laughs) it simple. Just keeping it simple. Beautiful. Yeah, Tori, dear friend of Awaken the Dawn, as well as a friend of me and Renette, and we love you. You're the the founder, director of the Global Prayer Room there in New York City. You travel all over the place, speaking, leading worship, stirring up fires of revival. Bro, it's great to have you on the podcast. Welcome. It's good to be on, uh, bro, with you and Renette. This is this is beyond me. This is a whole treat right here. I'm excited about what today is going to be, man. I'm I'm pumped. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Anything else in terms of introduction that you'd like to make? Who I mean, you are, what you, you do, you, like like Ronette, you said it all, man. I love Jesus. I love <laughs> His presence. I love seeing God's fire break out. Come on, <laughs> what He's doing in the earth. I love what He's doing in generations, and I I love the voice of the Lord, and I love what it does when it's. Uh, released within a community, when it's released within cities and within hearts, and just seeing the intentions of heaven break out. So that's just my heartbeat, man. Yeah, I love it. Well, wanted to have you guys on the podcast. I thought talking about prophecy, hearing the voice of God, it made a whole lot of sense. And so maybe we could start with just some stories. I, I just want to say, I know both of you guys have prophesied to me personally, even, and I've seen you give accurate words. I've seen you give powerful words, life-changing words to other people that have confirmed things in supernatural ways. I've seen you train and equip others to prophesy, hear the voice of God. You know, I think any Christian can prophesy, I believe, and hear the voice of God. 
And then I believe there's also people God has called to equip, like in Ephesians 4, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Mm -hmm. And you have sort of that capital P prophet too. I would say you guys are equippers of the church for sure when it comes to prophecy in training the church in these things. And so that's why I wanted to have you guys on. But maybe share a cool story to, to give people a taste of what happens when God begins to speak, when he begins to speak through you and or through someone else uh, in, a, in a prophetic way, some of the things that can happen. Tori, do you want to you go first? Sure. Um, this is so fun. I, we just be ourselves, right? Oh, yeah, totally. What, what I love about the prophetic is, I mean, growing up for me, it's always sensitive, always a feeler, grew up in a spirit-filled home. But, you know, around teenage years, somewhere about 14 through 17, 18, there was this curiosity that began to awaken in my heart in worship. And literally, I began to have encounters with the Lord. And I feel like all of the prophetic is birthed out of intimacy and out of encounter. And so that was really honestly my foundation. Um, it wasn't something I asked for. And when we deal with the prophetic, you know, that's something that all saints can do. But then there's that office of the prophet that you're born into. Like Jeremiah, while I, you were in your mother's womb, I knew you as sanctified, you called you a prophet. So we have that. And so that birthright calling was awakened within me in my teenage years and began to manifest a little bit further on in my life, still manifesting. But um, I've just begun to have like a series of encounters with the Lord in worship, it wasn't like I just went after it or like, you know, sought for it. I was open and I, I had a yes in my heart. But I, I remember saying to the Lord, I said, God, if there was a way that I could get people into their purpose, if I had some magic power, I wish I had an ability to pick people up and set them in their destiny. And because I didn't have that ability, I believe that one of the reasons he put that heart in me was because he was unlocking the prophetic call which is it has a, a transporting component to it where you can take a word of the Lord and bring people from one place to another place in their purpose and in their destiny. And so I'm reminded of so many times that I would have like different prophetic words. And for me, when I get words, it wasn't just hearing. For me, it was visual. So for me, oh, a lot of times how I get prophetic words is I'm a seer. So I see the word of the Lord. So it comes out like television. So as I'm talking to you guys, I can see words. So it's almost like watching a mute television and like I'm watching the whole storyline that happens where I'll see banners over people's heads. I'll see one worders and then I'll ask God questions about that banner. And so I begin to process it with the Lord. And all of a sudden, through faith, I begin to release what I believe the Lord is articulating and saying in that moment. And do you want to share some stories or, you know? Yeah, yeah, go for it, please. Yeah, and I mean, I think Ronette is the same, like, cause she's a seer prophet too. So it's just kinda like, fun. and it's when we're around each other, we really, we, we, <laughs> <laughs> it, I think me and Ronette could be in a room with each other. And we'll look at each other and be like, yep, yeah, that's where we're going. Like, you know what's happening? <laughs> so it's, it's just so funny, just the various ways that God will speak. Sometimes he'll use, uh, speaking. He'll speak internally. You know, he'll speak to your voice. You'll get an impression. And for seers, we get a picture. We'll get a, in our mind's eye. We'll see it through the seer realm. And I, I just kind of remember in my early journey in walking in the prophetic, I remember the Lord specifically in worship. I remember being at his feet and I remember him showing me papers and it had people's information on it. And he said, son, in the days and seasons to come, that as you continue to stay at my feet, I will give you the information of people's heart 
of what I desire to reveal to them through their plans and you'll share it to them. And so that has always been a thing for me that I just in worship that well of prophecy, that well of visualization to see in the realm of the spirit begins to open up. And that is also scripture. John 1 51 says, and you will see heaven open and you will see angels ascending and descending. And so we're all called to see in the realm of the spirit, some in different, you know, areas or graces. But I remember um, just one quick word I, I had uh, for a young lady. She had come to one of our meetings. It's kind of fun. And I kept seeing the word Esther over her head. And of course, you know, sometimes you may get those one worders, but as faith comes and as, as you Lord, I love what this, what you love about this person. I have faith for this individual. All of a sudden, the rest of the word. So I always have this thing. I say, when we release the word in faith and in love, the rest of the flow will come. And so the first step is just saying, hey, I just see the Esther call. And I may not have tons of words after that, but by faith, we can prophesy. And out of the love of the Lord, the rest of the flow will come. And so I call this young lady out in our prayer meeting. And I say, I see the word Esther over your head. And as soon as I see it, I say, and I see you going into Africa and you're going to be raising up a generation of Esthers and and God is going to use you to do this. And I begin to go on to prophesy for maybe about 20 minutes. Now, all words are not 20 minutes long. But I begin to prophesy to her. Lo and behold, she had just been asking the Lord about her purpose and the next uh, spot in her journey. She had been serving at a church plant as an intern, and she was just feeling stuck. And so the word of the Lord came to give her an open door into her future. And not only did she get that prophetic word, but she began to do the word and she birthed this organization called what raising a generation of esters. And now wow. today that movement is in Cameroon, Africa, and wow. it is wow. raising up young women. It's pulled them out of sex trafficking. It's raised up uh, like a, it's like a parenting movement that's raising up women to find their voices. But from one prophetic word, one prophetic word set in motion, uh, a generation in a nation that we would make consider underprivileged is now growing and blooming because of the word of the Lord. Come on. Yeah. I love that. Jesus said that God's word's like a seed, right? So it yeah. drops in the ground and every oh, wow. time it grows and it bears fruit. So I think going right off of what Tori said, for me, I know that Tori talked about seeing, I see like a movie screen and stuff like that. And I think the Lord just allowed me to go on this journey of where I just heard what sounded like my own voice in my own head and That's it's good. like oh like i'm not seeing the tv screen you know or i just saw the internal image in other words it's a picture that's in my mind the l way that the lord kind of helped show me this was like i was teaching six-year-olds sunday school they were first graders in fact aaron Costello is one of those first graders wow and i remember going hey guys how does this banana remind you of the character nature of god and one little kid raised their hand like, well, if you eat it, it's good. And God is good. I was like, yeah. And honestly, I was just happy they got something right. Like, yeah, God's good. You can eat it. Well, the next kid, which would happen to be Aaron, he said, well, if you peel it in three, uh, you peel the banana, it peels in three. It's like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And wow. I was like, dang, I didn't even <laughs> realize that. And then the third kid, which was a little girl, she raised her hand and she goes, well, the peel protects the banana. God will always protect you. Love and it. I remember this hush kind of came over the room like, wow. 
these are six years old, yeah. you know? So fast forward about 10, 15 years as I'm equipping people, the Holy Spirit said, Ronette, I taught you how to prophesy back then with the six-year-olds. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, oftentimes I give my people one word or one picture, and it's an invitation for them to dialogue with me. So you know, good. it's an invitation for them to go, God, how does this remind me of the character or your nature or scripture? What are you saying about this? And that's why prophecy is a two for one, because one, it invites you to dialogue with God, but then you deliver the word and the person gets closer to God. It's a two for one there. And so whenever I teach this, I always talk about the one words because we oftentimes overlook them because we compare our word that we have to everybody else. Oftentimes I start, just like Tori says, with one word or one picture. This last weekend I was in West Virginia ministering and this was so funny because it was, I just saw in the corner of my mind, I actually saw like a scribble, like someone drawing something. And the Lord highlighted two kids and one was on one side, the other was on the other side, two different people. And I said, I see the Lord highlighting you all that you both draw and that he's going to use drawing. Now with the young lady, I was like, God's going to use you. I see horses. I see that you're drawing uh, horses and this. Her face is like, <laughs> Mom, oh my gosh. Like God sees me. The young boy, I see, I see you drawing, but I see like architecture. Like God's going to make, like, like you, he can use you like an architect. He didn't give hardly any response but the family that was with him did. I later go to find out that the young man came from a really rough background. And in fact, he had just left where he currently lived. His dad was in prison and he was so suicidal and depressed. Well, he was depressed. He was suicidal. Even that week, he was suicidal. And uh, the female relative of his was trying to encourage him and going, well, what's something that you love to do? He goes, well, I love drawing. And then she goes, well, I think God's going to use you like an architect. I wow. had no idea. Whoa. But that's, those were the words that came out. And to me, words like that, you never know the impact. And it requires faith. But the more you do it, the more you just know, I know I hear from the Lord. I know this is the Lord. I just have faith that I just saw the drawing. And though this girl gave me the physical, visible lines, I know that it's for this young man, too. And then later you just come and you hear testimonies like that. You're like, okay, that was right on. And it gave hope to that young man. Like God sees him. That's what I love about these one words. God sees you. Yes. He sees you. Oh, love it. That's awesome. So good. These stories are amazing. You guys both said so much that we could just pull on the threads and, <laughs> and talk about for so long. I think for some people, they're going to hear these stories and they're going to be like, oh, wow, that's awesome. You guys are super spiritual. But I can't relate to that at all. So let's just kind of go 101. I mean, are all is all this stuff you're talking about prophetic? You know, like, is it all prophecy? Like, you're talking about hearing, seeing, visions, words, like highlighting, like, you know, all these kinds of things. Do you guys consider all of this prophecy? And how would you explain what prophecy is, maybe what the purpose of it is? Let's just kind of like give some explanation, kind of 101. Right. What What is prophecy? I don't know what Tori would say prophecy is. I know that to me, prophecy is basically hearing God for other people. But mm. what we're talking about at the fundamental level is God communicating with you. And mm. 
we're learning the communication of God. We know that it's in God's heart to be in yeah. relationship with us. And God is at the foundation. One, every relationship is communicative. You don't have any relationship without communication. And so you know that it's God's, God's heart is to be in relationship. So you know that God is a communicator. And you look at Genesis through the Bible, God is always communicating. And so the foundation of prophecy, one, is Jesus. But even at the heart of that, it's the communication and relationship between the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and us. And so, does God want everybody to prophesy? Yes. Why? It's built off of the foundation of being in relationship with Him and communication, which is everything as far as the pillars of that relationship. So good. Absolutely. And just piggybacking, even just off of what we've been talking about, um, everything is born out of faith, everything is born out of love, and 1 Corinthians alone tells us I wish that you would all prophesy. prophesy. We look at that word prophecy, it means to foretell the mind or intention of the Lord. And so, <laughs> and I, I just, I read one of my favorite scriptures in Amos, it says, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals it to his friends or servants, the prophets. And when you look at that, it's not just some type of hierarchy gift. It is unlocked in all of us through intimacy yeah. to be intimately acquainted with the Lord into me see into me see in intimacy we begin to see and know his mm-hmm. heart we're acquainted with what he desires to do with us and so there are various again for each individual it is different according to what the purpose or at will of what the Lord desires to do in that moment so I think everyone varies but I I say all should prophesy all should seek to hear the mind intention mm-hmm. uh, of the Lord. And it's his will. And it all points back to Jesus. Some of us talking about words of knowledge with, you know, like we know certain things about individuals. Those things become a doorway. Words of knowledge become a doorway to release the word of the Lord to say, hey, I see this and this is the instruction of the Lord. And so God's nature, God's nature is just simply that we would all prophesy that we would all hear the voice of the Lord. And, you know, it comes in different areas. Like, so if I have a word of knowledge, that word of knowledge is coming with some type of instruction and the the biblical narrative or the biblical foundation rather of prophecy is to exhort, to comfort, to edify, you know? And so these are the things that are given for the, for the body of Christ so that we would see Jesus. It should open the door to Jesus. Absolutely. Mm. The, Word of knowledge, word of um, wisdom, prophecy, they all kind of flow together. Once one of them is open, it's like they all flow together. And the truth of it is, it's like, does it matter which one you're using? You're hearing God. (laughs) It's all Jesus. And so it does matter in some points because, like, to me, a word of knowledge is always an intention getter. It's like, oh, this is a supernatural fact that I didn't know about you. And this means once I say your middle name is Lynn and they're like, oh, my gosh, how did you know that? Like, I didn't. But the Lord does. And here's the rest of the word. And it confirms the rest of the word. You know, I remember one time I was in North Carolina and the Lord gave me a word for someone. And I was just like, I was a little offended at God that he gave me a word for the person because they were like sitting in the middle of a group on the floor. And I'm like, you want me to go in the middle of this crowd? 
and get this woman. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't like the nerve of you, (laughs) you know? And I looked over, the lady stood up, came up to me and said, you have a word for me. And I was like, oh shoot. But then I was like, well, it depends. Is Tim your husband's name or your son's name? She goes, both Tim Senior and Tim Junior. I was like, you know, so sometimes those, those words are like a faith builder for you too. It takes risk, you know, it It takes risk until you start to build this track record with God. It all takes risk. If you're, if you're waiting for the fear to leave, then you'll never prophesy. Absolutely. Mm. I shake a thousand times before I prophesy. <laughs> it's like you still have this. I hope this is right. <laughs> and good. Tori's words are right on. And he still is like that. There's that little part. And the truth of it is, you should always have that little part because Absolutely. we're imperfect humans and you give room for it to be off, you know? Yeah. Right. And dependency. Right. It opens the door for dependency. Yeah. But my reputation is not in me being accurate. My reputation is in him being glorified. Oh, and that's so, so that good. the testimony of Jesus would be revealed. So that at the end, I don't want people to be wowed by information. Mm-hmm. I want people to be wowed that he loves me enough to send a perfect stranger who's trying to get it all right, to mm-hmm. send a perfect individual that's not, you know, who doesn't know anything about me, to send them to give a message that only that God would know. That's and so you know, good. the Bible even refers to him as Jehovah El Roy, the God who sees. Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. That's so good. You guys touched on something I think is important to just mention is it's okay to get it wrong. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean that you're a false prophet, right? Because right. that's what some people understand because they're kind of bringing in some of the ways that God interacted with Israel in the Old Testament and the prophets in those days. And they're trying to say that's how it is now. But it is different, in, in, I believe, in the new covenant right. in Christ. Absolutely. We have the Holy Spirit in us, uh, which is different than mm-hmm. it was in those days. And now all of us can prophesy. But th- but like you said, we're weak. We're fallible. Right. We, may, we may hear it wrong or we may interpret it wrong and mm-hmm. we may apply it wrong. But doesn't mean we shouldn't shouldn't do it, right? We should still take those steps of faith. And, yeah. and I think that's important for people so they don't have the fear of, of oh, no, I'm going to get it wrong and I'm going to be a false prophet. Right. Absolutely. I would also say, like, you know, the Old Testament, if a prophet got it wrong, the prophet was representing God to a whole nation. And they didn't have all of the scriptures to judge prophecy by. And so it's one thing to get a word wrong. But to someone who doesn't have access to God, like you're, you are God's representation on earth to a whole nation. Like, that's why if you, if you got it wrong, then you got stoned, you know, like you just misrepresented God to a whole nation. Now, does that mean that what we do is generic? Absolutely not. It just means that there's also a responsibility of the person to go before the Lord themselves, to judge it against scripture, to have sure. wise counsel. They have a responsibility themselves. And we still have a responsibility delivering the word. We still have a responsibility. We don't just miss it for the sake of missing it. And we own up when we miss it. You that's know, right. we take responsibility for when we do miss it. That's right. Mm, that's it actually gives more credibility versus less when Absolutely. you go, oh, I missed that word, guys. I'm really sorry. Yeah. 
That's great. I'd love to circle back around to some of this in how to do it, ed- the proper way to do it, etiquette, that kind of thing when we're prophesying. But I'd love for you guys to maybe talk about hearing and, and seeing a little bit, because I think for some people, they don't feel like they hear from God at all. And so the idea of giving a prophetic word to somebody, getting a prophecy, God speaking through them doesn't make any sense because they don't even feel like God speaks to them. Okay. And so for you guys, when you have somebody that comes to you and they're struggling to hear God's voice or they think they're not hearing God's voice, uh, what would your encouragement uh, to those people be? Ask God questions. I would start with that. Ask God mm. questions. Ask God questions, but I want to actually go back to something real quick. I, I love there's yeah. this scripture that says, he who comes to God must believe that he is. Boom. And then believe <laughs> that he's the rewarder. Boom. Of them that diligently seek him. God loves a seek. He loves a pursuit. And I think mm. first coming with the foundation of, hey, he's God and he wants to communicate with me. And he wants right. to reveal himself. He is not hiding. He's in the, and, you know, the Bible also says that that scripture, it says it's the glory of God to conceal a thing and it's the glory of things to search it out. So there's something about when we begin to seek the Lord and come to him as the only source and out of desperation and out of pursuit that he responds to and it opens up the way. So the first thing that I say is have faith that he wants to speak, have faith that he still speaks because there are still some camps or some places that don't believe that he still speaks. Amen. And we understand that he is ever a speaking God. He's not a dead God. He is a God that communicates, you know, that he's always speaking to his people. Um, So believe that, that he in faith, that he's God, believe that he does speak. And then three, that he wants to speak to you. Then ask God questions. So for me, it would start with a lot of inquiring of the Lord. I would Mm. just ask God questions. And like children, children, babies, First thing that they do all the time is say, what's that? What's that? What's that? And what they're doing is they're building their knowledge in the earth. They're building this awareness. And so there's this dimension of coming like children of father. What's that? What do you say about that person? What do you love about that person? So a lot of times I ask God questions when I go into a room. What is it that you desire to do here? What is it when I'm going to preach? I'll step back from the intensity of what's happening or the assignment to say, okay, what are your intentions for this place? What are your mm-hmm. intentions for this church? What are, what, what are the dreams in your heart? And father begin to show me. And then all of a sudden he'll begin to let me in because now he said, I've been waiting for somebody to ask me that I've been waiting for that. And so then he begins to respond. And so asking questions begins to open up this doorway that all of this stuff just begins to happen. Yeah, I would agree with Tori. I think that was amazing. I think also I always end up telling people, rely more on God's ability to speak to you than your ability to hear him. In other words, God is completely able 100% to communicate with you. Oftentimes, it's not God doesn't speak to me. It's like you have to learn how is he speaking to you. You know, and so another thing I would say is like, start to fill your mind with faith by even listening to other people speak on the prophetic. Like for example, Tori speaking right there. I'm like, Oh, that was so good. Oh, I need to do that. I need to ask God more. I need to ask him like, what are your intentions for these places that I'm going? Like it provokes me to go, Oh my gosh, there's always room to grow. There's always room to hear more. And so I would say one, 
rely on God's ability to speak to you more than your ability to uh, hear him. That's like a twofold uh, equation. That formula, it's 90% God's ability and his desire, and we know his desire is for it. That 10% is your hunger. It's you asking those questions. It's what are you filling your expectation with? Like, are you giving him room to speak? Are you trying to actually quiet yourself and listen? And that's true. Quieting yourself, I think, because we're in a world of noise. We have internal noise. We have external noise. And I know for me, quiet time, as as rowdy as I can be, people see me on a platform. You put a, <laughs> I'm turning it out. That's just me. Part of it's my culture. I'm Pentecostal. I'm black. So we just go for it. <laughs> so, so I got fire in me. But before the fire is released, there's a uh, there's a stillness yeah. that comes in my spirit that before I grab a mic or before I step into a place, before I minister, I am centering myself in his heart and shutting out all of the noise. And so the early days for me and still a part of my regimen in the spirit is quieting. Part of my regimen in the spirit is fasting. Fasting helps sensitizes us to the presence of God. You get all that stuff out of your spirit and just, and then environment. Ronette said something so powerful that I love. She said, get around people or hear what, how people prophesy. I know that when I'm around other prophets, there's a recalibration that begins to happen. And, and we see this even scripturally. When Saul got in the company of the prophets, that spirit, it is a mantle. It is a spirit that will come upon you. And if you're in an environment that provokes to hear God, I've had people come in our house of prayer, come in our community that knew nothing about the voice of God, but because it's an environment or a culture that we steward, it begins to become a part of them. So atmosphere sustain uh, creates a climate. Climate sustain creates a culture. That's good. And Saul wasn't just encountering prophets they were musical prophets too <laughs> by the way they were they were worshiping and so an atmosphere of worship the praise of god prophetic worship in my experience really helps as well in terms of, of finding an environment and i would just say that this is why the dna of awaken the dawn come on come worship on. and incense going up before the lord the tent with with worship and prayer gives birth to the prophetic all the time and the prophetic gives birth to worship because Absolutely. it's what you do with those words. It's thanking God for the words. It's be it unto me according to your word, O God. It's the song that will come out of your heart as he releases the word that just that just brings it forth. And so I would say to those that are doing tent America tents, you're hosting the presence of God. Look for the prophetic. It's yeah. there. Yeah. It's active. Yeah. You just yes. got to step into it and look for the, put on those glasses that you can see it and walk in it. Years ago, I was, I remember hearing a senior prophet that, you know, influenced my life. He said, when you're in a spot and even then you don't feel like the anointing or you don't feel that grace, you know, that we know when that grace is there. We know when that, <laughs> we know when the oil's flowing, we know when the fire's falling, we know when the glory and the river's rising. But if you ever get in a spot where that happens in a meeting, especially a corporate context, Seek for the prophetic word of the Lord. Mm. Look for the word of the Lord, because when the word of the Lord comes, we have to understand that when the word of the Lord released, there's the preceding breath of the Lord that begins to come forth. So I say where there's no prophecy, where there's no prophetic culture, or at least some type of prophecy, there's no wind. 
and it will give us direction on which to go. Because there have been times we've been in meetings and I'm like, um, we moved off of that song too fast and the glory was actually on that one line. And we need to go back to that. And all of a sudden it broke open a myriad of miracles and it broke open words of knowledge and freedom was released and no one had to lay hands, but the spirit breathed word. He says, the words that I speak are spirit and their life. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in a dead environment, prophesy. And he tells Ezekiel this, son of man, there's a valley of dry bones. What do you see? And he could say, you know, this, my region is dead. And many of our in like an Ezekiel 37 moment in, on, in their ministries or in their hearts. But he says, prophesy, because when there's prophecy, it releases the wind of heaven. It releases revival, but it also releases reformation because that same valley that was once dead becomes a conceding great army. Or like in Genesis, when it's formless and void and dark <laughs> and you see what God does, he steps yeah, out and he speaks, let there be light. Let and there so be. when God speaks, he Good. actually creates. And, and so these words are actually creating that mm-hmm. all throughout the person's lives and even in the atmosphere. And so you're speaking agreement with God Wow! as you declare these things forth. I just, mm. something just leapt up in my spirit just now. I, I just felt like the Lord wants to encourage somebody that maybe that's watching Matthew. Like there is also a dimension of where you build history and track record with the Lord through faith and love that he'll begin to even back your words that, because you, you remember that scripture. It says, he says, you'll decree and declare a thing. In other words, another translation says, you'll decide on a thing and it shall be established and light will shine on your ways. And so we are created in the image of God to speak like God and create through the power of our voice, through the spirit spoken word of God. And so there's something that happens that even when you don't feel it or when you don't see it, that you can create it by prophetic decree. You can create it where there was nothing, where there's no wind. We say, let the river of God come. We say, let reformation come. Let life break out. Let this thing that's been holding a city or a nation or a group of people back let it halt. And you, we see the prophets, they would do that. He said, if you would pray that there would be no rain, then it shall be exactly what you said. And so I do believe that there's a level of relationship and intimacy that we begin to legislate as God in the earth. And so I encourage people when they prophesy, speak as God. Mm, that's so good. Awesome. Well, I, I'm not a prophet. I'm, I'm more of a teacher. So I want to encourage people if you want to hear the voice of God, one of the, great, one of the greatest ways to do that is to get in the scriptures. I like to say it that you, you learn the tone of God's voice sure. when you get in the word of God. And we all agree that you're never going to prophesy anything that contradicts the written word of God Absolutely. in the scriptures. You're Absolutely. Never gonna, God's never going to speak something that contradicts himself. And that also gives us discernment as well. If we, if we root ourselves in the, in the scriptures and the word of God and the Bible, uh, so that, because we are to test prophetic words, it says in Thessalonians, I believe, test everything, hold on to what is good. So we test prophetic words on the word of God. And that's one of the ways we can do that and grow in discernment. And I believe sort of tune ourselves to the voice of God as we go, these are the kinds of things God says, this is what he's like. And so then helps us to hear God's word. Yeah. Just a quick question. Do you guys hear God audibly? (laughs) You know, like when we we say hear God, I know you guys are talking about a lot of times it's like visual. 
you know, mm -hmm. sort of in your imagination. God speaks that way. But when you hear God, do you hear him? Like, does it sound like it's coming externally into your ears, that kind of thing? Or how would you, yeah. how would you describe it? Attention, pastors and ministry leaders. We want to invite you to an ATD Leadership Summit in Salt Lake City, Utah, July 26th through the 28th. This ATD Leadership Summit is for leaders from across America that carry a shared value of hosting the presence of God through day and night worship and prayer and gospel proclamation. Our Awaken the Dawn team will be hosting the event, including David Bradshaw, Matthew Lilly, and David Valier. When you join us for this summit, you will experience real and refreshing connection with like-hearted leaders in an informal, fun, and relational environment, including four free meals together. Teaching and training sessions catered to pioneering presence-centered ministry leaders, spirit-filled and life-giving times of worship, prophetic ministry, and prayer to refresh your heart. Interactive breakout sessions and workshops to dialogue about practical ministry challenges and a regional worship and prayer gathering the weekend after the summit. To learn more and register, go to awakenthedawn.com today. Again, join us for the ATD Leadership Summit in Salt Lake City, July 26th through the 28th. Register now at awakenthedawn.com. We can't wait to see you there. Maybe. Yeah. For me, it's one of those uh, all the time, no. Okay. That's like most of the time, no, it's not audible. But I want to debunk something. Most people are like, if I could hear the audible voice of God, I would do it. And, you know, Jesus, when he was being baptized, it said, and then God said from heaven, this is my Same. beloved son and who I'm well pleased. Now, he said that, and it said, and some thought it was thunder. Uh, some heard it. Some didn't hear anything. <laughs> and it's like, you think, oh, if I hear the audible voice of God, then I'm definitely going to, you know, no, 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 no. Wait, no, 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 no. God can be speaking audibly, and other people will miss it. Most of the room would not get it. And that scripture, only 25% of it, you know, some people heard it, you know, some minority of the people heard it. Other people thought it was thunder. Other people didn't hear anything, you know, and I'm like, I think <clears throat> we put too much of an emphasis of like the audible voice of God, because honestly, it actually requires less faith. You hear the audible voice of God. You don't need faith. You got the, woo, like he told me to do it. Okay. And in my experience, when you do have a drastic word like that, it's actually because you're going to need it. In other words, what God's called you to do, you're going to need to know. Audible voice of God told me to go and do this. Moses needed that burning bush because without that burning bush, there ain't no way he's going to go back to Egypt. Even with the burning bush, he put up a couple of big fights, you know, and a fusses, you know. For me, I hesitate to say there was one time that I heard the audible voice of God. It was in a vision of the night. What I mean is I was asleep, but it was so real that it's like with that part where we're rather in spirit or in body, I don't know. But it was February 9th, 1994. And I remember I was, it sounds weird. It's like I was with God <laughs> and it looked like, like I could see his profile. And it was almost like if there was a magic carpet under us, you know, almost. And I remember, well, before it, I was like a little kid walking on the sidewalk and I see like the clouds glow and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm having a vision. 
And then just like that, I'm up there with him. And then it's that scene of when we're side by side, I see his um, outline, his face, and he turned and looked at me after a little bit, but it seemed like forever. And he looked at me and said, trust in me. Now, when he said trust in me, it sounded like a thousand voices at one time. It's like, I know the voice of many waters. I've heard that voice. And it blew my little spirit thing back into the little girl (laughs) in the dream or the one that was having the vision. And she got really, really dizzy and fell onto the, the ground. And I woke up and she was so disoriented. And I woke up in my bed. I was so disoriented. And I start screaming for my mom, mom, mom. And she came running. I'm like, did I go anywhere? She's like, what are you talking about? She's like, did I go anywhere? And she's like, you've been in the bed the whole night. I'm like, I had a vision. And I just start crying and crying and crying. But to me, like when you ask me, have you heard the audible voice? I'm like, I've heard the voice of many waters. And that season, I heard it twice. Uh, That was right when... I had been healed of MS, and then right before that, when I was being, at the beginning of that process, getting the doctors, examining my head and stuff, this guy, he went to, I wore glasses at the time, I'd forgotten my glasses, and uh, he went to go give them to me, and uh, my mom went to God, and we were nervous, we had all this anxiety, and he went to give my mom the glasses, and he goes, God bless you. And when he said, God bless you, once again, it sounded like a hundred people at one time. It was, that was the voice of many waters. That was the only time, two times that I've heard that voice that I'm like, it sounds like God is speaking directly to me. This is the voice of many waters. And so was it his voice? Was it just something that he did or created? I don't know, but I know that he spoke to me. Yeah. I think that's going to be so encouraging to people because... The prophet has heard God's audible voice two times in your entire life. You know what I mean? So people that are like <laughs> hoping to hear some booming voice from heaven, understand the spirit of God is in you. you got, you're talking about God speaking in your heart, through the Holy Spirit, bringing things to your mind, your imagination, still small voice and mm-hmm. impression, these yeah. kinds of little things that are happening. And so I think that can be very encouraging for people to know that that's, it's yeah. always not going to be that voice from heaven exactly. uh, thundering. So. Yeah, Tori, how about you? You know, I love that because whenever he speaks, he speaks with a purpose. He doesn't need to validate himself to us. You know what I'm saying? Or he doesn't need it. We need the validation. He doesn't. (laughs) And so what tends to happen is I believe that in those moments he will do like what Ronette said. He, He will come in a very dramatic way as an initial to say, Hey, I am God. Like he did with Abraham. Like there's certain moments that I believe that he knows exactly where humanity is and he knows exactly what it's going to take for you to get it out. And then it's those other times uh, that he'll say, I'm going to create a trail where you got to seek me. I'm going to create a doorway where you got to come up into this open door. Like John, I'm going to create a moment, you know, that uh, things are going to be able to happen. And so I love what you said, Matthew, where you said, it will come with the impression. It may come with a still small voice. Majority of the times, it is not an audible voice. Exactly. Majority of the time, it's not an audible voice. It is a still small voice. It is an impression. It is a divine knowing that comes because of intimacy. I can know, I can sense, I can feel because I've given myself over to the Lord 
to speak to me. And I've attuned my heart that I'm waiting any moment for him to speak. I look for him to speak. And so I, I yearn for him. So I, I wait for him. I seek him. And so there are moments that he may speak to my spirit. I'll get an impression. And what I started noticing with me, I started getting to a spot. And Rhonda, maybe you've been here. And, and Matthew, you have been here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that I would hear it. And if I would hear it, I can visualize it. Or mm -hmm. if I can see it, I can hear it. And so then I stopped knowing when I was rather hearing it or seeing it. Mm -hmm. And so I'll never forget one of my mentors in the faith uh, prayed over me one time. He said, God, give him the ears that see and give him the eyes that hear. And that was really wild for me. Give him the ears that see, give him the eyes that hear. And so what it did, it centered my heart into a place of oneness with the Lord. And so for me, even when I got called in a deeper dimension of the prophetic, for me, prophetic office. And so we also know that there are three dimensions of the prophetic. There is the spirit of prophecy, practical way to ideally is kind of like in a context where the spirit of prophecy is free to flow uh, in a church context, prophetic environment, anyone can flow in that prophetic grace. Then there's the gift of prophecy where at will individuals can just prophesy, hey, this is the word of the Lord, blah, 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 blah. Then there's the office of the prophet, which is both graces coupled together for a specific assignment for a specific group of people. Most office prophets are assigned to a group of people, to a nation, and they have a different responsibility. It's their sole occupation to prophesy. For me, that was what God did for me. And so he came in a dramatic way for me. And that was the first time I think I heard the audible voice of the Lord really vividly. The Lord woke me up like uh, uh, Ronette out of my sleep. I was awakened out of my sleep. And I heard the audible voice like thunder say, overthrow, root out, pluck up, plant. And he said it three times, overthrow, root out, plant. And he said it three times to me. And I said, but God, I know that that's a scripture somewhere. He said, seek the scripture, Matthew, seek the scripture. And there you will find your life assignment for the rest of your life. And when I looked it up on my phone, I'm in a dark room at this point. It's funny, I was at a sleepover and everybody is asleep. No one else heard it but me. I was awakened. I hear it. I go to my phone at the time. I type in the words that I hear. And it brings me to Jeremiah 1, 9, and 10. See this day, I have set you as a prophet over nations to root out, to pluck up, to plant, to build. And that began to boom in my spirit because for seven years prior to that, I received a word. I was about 14 years old when I received a word seven years prior that said, in the days to come, you'll grow very strong in the prophetic. But remember this, only God can call you to be a prophet. And here it is now, seven years later, I'm awakened out of my sleep. This scripture is given to me. And as I read the scripture, the Lord said, this day, son, I have set you to the office of a prophet. And I didn't have all the knowledge. I didn't have all the understanding. I still don't have all the knowledge. I still don't have all of the understanding. But it's a faithful walking out to be faithful to do what he says to do when it's needed. And like the song says, put me anywhere, put your glory in me, I'll just serve. And it's a service gift. It's not a hierarchy or a man of power for the hour. It's a given gift that he gives out of the flow of his heart for a purpose. And so I had the dramatic moment. But after that, it was just relational. Yeah, good. I love that. Hey, I want to honor you guys this time. This has been amazing. 
I'd love to just kind of wrap up with, with trying to be as practical as we can on how people can step out into some of these things. I want to read a couple of scripture here out of 1 Corinthians 14. We've kind of touched on this a few times. I encourage people go read 1 Corinthians 13 and 14. And 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And then verse 39 says, So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy. So that's where we get this idea that the Word of God is encouraging us to prophesy, encouraging us to pursue the gifts of the Spirit and to do it in love, which is what 1 Corinthians 13 is all about um, in the context of the gifts of the Spirit. So for people that go, okay, you guys have taught me into it. I'm going to try to prophesy. I want to grow in this gift. I'm feeling inspired. Um, I feel like I, I have some you know, ways to pursue intimacy with the Lord, hear His voice. Just what are the practical things to kind of close up our conversation here? Just what's some etiquette? What's some maturity? How can we do this in love for people that want to want to start giving prophetic words to people? Yeah, just so, some practical tips here to kind of close I out. I would say give the word on the level that you received it. So in other words, you didn't get the audible voice of the Lord, so you're not going to say, thus saith the Lord, audible voice, boom, okay? <laughs> Most of the time, it's going to be an impression. And if it's an impression, you go, I feel that the Lord is saying this. You give and you give room, especially as you're starting to build that track record. If you're just starting, you you need to give a little bit of latitude. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. and most people get like, like, what if it's not God? What if it's me? Or what if it's Satan? Like, ah, and they get really fearful. It's like, well, first of all, Satan ain't going to tell you, go tell that person Jesus loves them. Okay. Go tell that person Jesus loves them. No, okay? Right. You go and encourage somebody, and you actually miss the Lord on it. The Lord's not up there going, oh, nope, told that kid that I loved him. <laughs> that was the wrong word. I'm, you blew it, kid. No. You know, there's, there's grace, and know that, okay, I'm going to try. And then I would say start with something simple. I would read Psalms 139. How precious are your thoughts towards me? If I would count the... If I were to count them, and now I'm paraphrasing and I'm truncating that verse, okay? It would outnumber these grains of sand on the seashore. I don't know why that's a tongue twister for me, but it is. Um, and so what I would do, I'll go back and go, God, can you show me one of the precious thoughts you have towards Tori? That's so good. And then I would just write down what comes to my mind and my heart. Hey, hey Tori, as I was praying for you, I felt like his precious thought was, that he sees you as a king, though you walk in so much humility, but you're a king and he's expanding your authority and because he can trust your heart, you know? And that's a real word for Tori. You know, that's what I just got as I just asked God, God, what is your precious thoughts towards Tori? He trusts Tori's heart. He trusts them. And so therefore his authority is actually growing, you know? And so I would just say, start small. Tori said, ask questions. And I would say this, don't ask, do you want me to prophesy? Ask, who do you want me to prophesy over? Mm -hmm. That, which is everything. Because you're going throughout your day going, God, I know you want me to speak to somebody. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you know he wants to encounter somebody with his love. Mm. That's so good. That's so good. Did you add anything to that, Tori? Yeah, no. I mean, everything Rhonda just said, that just blew me away. First of all, that was a good word. And I received that. <laughs> I was trying not to sit here and cry, man. That's so good. Um, yeah, just some practicals. Uh, keep it simple. Keep it simple. And as you grow, you know, and then again, with each assignment you grow, um, I would say 
study your craft, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like a proper way to say it. I, I just feel like there is something that happens. I have been strengthened by other prophets and I'm sharpened by other prophets. Like, you know, just even being on here right now, I'm, yeah. I'm getting sharpened, you know? And, you know, there's something For that's sure. happening. For those that are watching, there there's, there's that spirit of prophecy. There's that transferable grace that comes, that opens the door and of the awareness of his presence to prophesy. And so I've been strengthened by, I watch other prophets. I listen to other prophets. I listen to companies that prophesy. I love being in environments that do it. It's just like anything else that you want to learn, you study it. And I feel like you study the voice of the Lord, study his nature, study his word, study his spirit, and then study how he speaks and communicates to people. And don't be afraid of the wildness of God. I just felt like I need to say that. Don't be afraid of the wild side of God. One of the first times that God started to give me words of knowledge, it came in a kind of an embarrassing way. Um, we were in a prophetic circle and we were prophesying over a young lady and everybody was getting these wonderful words. And all of a sudden, this is going to help somebody. I tell the story. I got monkey noises and I'm like, oh, you choking God. You got to be kidding me right now. Mm. I am not about to start making monkey noises. I'm not going to do it. I'm glad it wasn't a public service. So, you know, God knew where to, God knows how to give his word in that moment, you know, just to kind of give us some whatever. But I started hearing these, this, and I was supposed to go on a trail with the Lord and find out what that meant. I was supposed to ask questions. And so in that moment, I didn't get anything. And so when it got to me, I'm like clenching my eyes. I'm like, Lord, please don't make me say this. Please don't make me say this. This is going to be really bad. And so I said, I just got this impression of monkey noises. And as I said it out of my mouth, I was waiting for the whole room to say, that's not God. And I'm, But I just sat there. And all of a sudden, as I released it in faith, all of a sudden, the rest of the word of the Lord began to come. He says to the young lady, I want to restore your childlike spontaneity where you would swing and play with me just like a monkey. And all of a sudden, this girl who was stone faced when everybody else was prophesying, when I give this word, she is sobbing. Because what I didn't know until afterwards is that she had walked through levels of emotional abuse and really lost this ability to connect and have joy. And her favorite animal as a child was a monkey. And so God was communicating something that only she would know that would speak to her to give her a word. And so even in the wildness, participate with the Lord, ask him questions but release it in faith, release it in love and ask him questions as you go. And then I would say coupled with that wildness, it, it's okay for God to be wild. Be yeah. careful about your wildness. Yes. Uh, meaning <laughs> ask the person permission. Yeah. Like if, if you feel like God's calling you to do something sure. unusual. Yeah. Okay. And unusual has some latitude there, but I'm going anything that involves touching their body or breaking always something ask. over them or doing a prophetic act over them, always ask. always ask. And I would also say smile. Yeah. And you don't need to be weird to be prophetic. You just give it the way it comes. God's using you and your personality for a reason. True, true. And he will he will use all of you. I'm, I'm a very um, joyful oh, person. Yeah. So I will joke in prophecy. I laugh in prophecy and in and I've even done it before, like we're in moments and I'll chuckle as I'm getting a word. And in that moment, while I'm laughing, the person also gets healed from something physical. 
And I wasn't even prophesying about something physical. And they'd be like, something happened when you laughed. It broke. I just realized the pain in my back just left. I just realized something happened in my body physically. So just like she said, ask for permission. I felt like another thing that we, and I wrote this in my notes about does all prophecy, is it always positive? And is it always, and I feel like that's something we need to talk on real quickly. So I just want to share what that looks like. Even when you get a not so good word or get a, a good impression, that is not the end of the matter. You should seek God for the redemptive behind that. So God will show you a stronghold. He'll show you something. He'll show you an issue, a pending danger, a pending whatever. But the word of the Lord is there to be a tool of deliverance, to transport that person from the snare into the purposes of God. And it, it does come with a level of warning. We do see it in scripture, whether there were warning words, but God always speaks from the redemptive point. Mm-hmm. The word of the Lord comes as redemption out of his love. So I can give a, so a word of correction, but it's in his love, not in his judgment. The Bible says his His mercy triumphs over judgment. It also, we also see in certain scriptures where, you know, those words become, in those moments, like those words become a, a doorway for repentance or yeah. those words become a doorway for redirection. And so when we look at the word about where it says that prof talks about prophecy uh, to come to comfort that word edification, yeah. that word edification, it means to build or to strengthen to such a degree where it brings criticism. It's almost like a being critical for the purpose that that person will become a suitable dwelling place. It comes from the Greek word akutame. And so basically it means to strengthen or to criticize until that person becomes a suitable dwelling place. And that's all in love. That's not right. like, you're going to hell here. Da, 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 da. No, it's <laughs> open a door. And so there have been times that I've gotten a warning word or a word that is not so pretty. And how I package it is everything. Yes. yes. You know, you're not, you know, I saw you in a hospital bed. No, there is, <laughs> here's how, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. the, the, the Lord shows me there is a pending da 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 that the enemy would try to come, however, but the Lord would say, da-da-da-da-da. He says, because I come that you might have a life more abundantly. And so I seek for the redemptive. If I see something negative, I'm looking beyond the negativity. Right. What's over after that process? And so there are moments that you'll get those type of words. And I would say, um, just like Tori said, that it's always for healing. It's always to bring forth healing, salvation, redemption. And then secondly, I would say, be careful how you deliver it and if you should deliver it with the pastor. To me, I'm a firm believer of those that are walking with people are the ones that need to know some of that information. I'll give you two quick examples. This one young lady, I gave her a hug. She asked for, you know, her somebody else brought her up for prayer. And I hugged her and all I heard was, mm, she got a secret relationship. No, I'm like, well, Lord Jesus, is there something else? He's like, yeah, she's also cutting herself. And yeah. I'm like, I just looked at her. I was like, girl, you got so many secrets. And she <laughs> looked at me. I said, you got a secret boyfriend. You're cutting yourself. She's like, oh, like, oh, my gosh. And I said, hey, it's okay. I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying this in front of your mom and people that are here. Yeah. But God wants you to know that he sees this. It's not good for you. And he's giving you time to get out of this. Then there was another situation 
woman came up and explained a problem in her marriage to me, which was really bad. The first question I asked, like, have you talked to your pastor? No, I wanted to come to you. My advice to her was, first of all, your next step is to go talk to your pastor because I'm just someone who's coming in here and I leave and I have no way to help you. I'm not responsible for walking this out with you. Your pastor has laid down his life to walk this out with you. And so you need to talk to your uh, pastor about this situation. And then there was a lady that she was using through a translator. And I said, and this lady now knows, and I, and I trusted that lady. And I said, she will help you talk to the pastor. And then I just said a quick prayer, gave her some quick stuff, but I'm like, but your next step is the pastor. Because I believe that if you're going to give correction or rebuke, it's in the context of relationship because it's to bring forth healing. And usually if it's gotten to the place of where God is saying it from the microphone, that person's really trapped. Mm. That person's really Mm. hurt and they need this urgent breakthrough. And so they're going to need somebody to walk it out with them. That's so, and and that's another reason, Brilliant. even where the word of wisdom also comes in as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really speak about that. We love the words of knowledge. We love that part, but the word of wisdom that says, "Hey, this, this," and the Lord says this about you. However, um, I can see, and there's been times even when I've given prophetic words that I'm giving. Uh, I mean, a phenomenal word, and it's like you know, God's <laughs> about to blow the ministry up, man, and you about to. I mean, it's it's hitting. And then he'll say, however, but the caution of the Lord is if you would return back to the secret place. I I mean, I've gone to pastors and said, there is an outpouring of the spirit in your region. However, you guys have closed your house of prayer. And the Lord says, go back and get back in the secret place. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, somebody might say, wow, that was real deep. Yeah, because there's there's stewarding. And so when God speaks, he also gives wisdom as well. And so. Even in the yeah. correction, there's the wisdom of the Lord. There's the redemption of God. There's the love of God because whom he loves, he chastens as well. Guys, this has been so good. <laughs> I feel like we could, you know, go for hours, hours on this. I appreciate you guys giving some extra time here at the end. Those were very valuable uh, insights. there. going to be super helpful for people. Uh, we're going to wrap up. I'm going to include a link. We'll, we'll include a link in the episode description to the Global Prayer Room in New York City so people can connect with what you're doing, Tori and Ronette. I know you just released a e-course all about prophecy so yeah. people can learn more and get more training from you on this topic because obviously there's so much there to learn and grow in uh, when it comes to prophecy and, and hearing God's voice. So Tori, Ronette, Thank you, guys. This was awesome. Thank you so much, Matthew. The honor is all ours. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We would love for you to hit follow or subscribe in whatever app you're using so that you can continue to get episodes like this every month. If you enjoyed today's episode, do us a favor and please share it with your friends and post it on social media. Be sure to tag Awaken the Dawn in your post so that we can reshare that with all of our friends as well. If you're tuning in on Apple, please leave us a rating or review. And if you're on YouTube, give us that thumbs up like button and leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of today's episode. And we really appreciate it. Finally, please visit our website at awakenthedawn.com. You can find out more about our ministry and movement, and you can also make a donation to help support this podcast and the Awaken the Dawn ministry. 
Thank you again for tuning in today. And don't forget, Jesus changes everything.